Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. We're in our third part of a series on what to do when your back is against the wall. And while the last two parts have focused on what you can and should do when you're stressed out, when you're anxious, when your back is against the wall, today we're going to be looking at what you shouldn't do. We all know that when things go bad, when things are are tough, when there's a lot of pressure, we can make matters worse. And we need to avoid making bad decisions whenever we're under pressure, whenever we're under stress. So listen in and see what you should avoid whenever your back is against the wall. And this is not so much about what you do when your back is against the wall, but about what you don't do when your back is against the wall. And we look here in 1 Samuel 27, so if you have your Bibles, if you don't, that's fine. But if you have your Bibles, you can open to, up to 1 Samuel chapter 27. And we're going to go verse by verse and find some things that you don't do whenever you're in a tough, stressful situation. When, you, when you're out of options and you've got to look up to God, here's some things that you don't do. So after all the miraculous things that God had done for David... David, look at this, you can read it on the screen with me. David thought to himself, one of these days I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. Now Saul was the guy that was trying to take his life. He was the king of the land at that time. And David said, the best thing I can do (laughs) then is, is to take my own approach to this And he said, then Saul will give up searching for me anywhere in Israel, and I will slip out of his hand. Now go to the next screen, and let me interpret David's reaction this for you, just really quick. David thought to himself. Now David had been in the habit of asking God every decision he made. He said, God, is this the right thing to do? But David didn't do that this time. This time David thought to himself. He said, one of these days, I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. Even though God had proven to him that he was going to be safe, David thought to himself a negative thought. And I want you to think right now, how many negative thoughts have you had in your mind this week? I guarantee you we've had hundreds of negative thoughts flow through our mind this week. Now, you know, you and I, we need to stop listening to ourselves so much. Stop listening to your negative thoughts. If you listen to a negative thought long enough, it's going to drive you to do something crazy. Stop listening to your thoughts so much. He said, I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. That's not what God had promised David, and that's not what David's experience has been. Then David said, the best thing I can do is to escape to the land of the Philistines. Now, a lot of times we'll think to ourselves, you know what the best thing I can do is X, Y, and Z. The best thing I can do is go get a divorce. The best thing I can do is quit my job even though I'm stressed out. The best thing I can do is this, that, or the other. You know what? God has something better for you than your best. You might think that's the best thing, but God's best for you is way better than your own best. So start listening to God's best for your life instead of your own best for your life. It goes on here and says, Then Saul will give up searching for me anywhere in Israel, because he'd been a renegade. He'd been running away from Saul for years. Have you been in a trial for years? Have you had a physical problem for years? 
Have you had a challenging relationship for years? Don't give up. God is going to fix your problem eventually. But David was tired, and he said, Saul is going to stop looking for me, and I will slip out of his hand. Let me tell you what, you don't need to be your own savior anymore. God wants to be your savior. He wants to fix your problems. And David was saying, I'm going to slip out of Saul's hand. No, he wasn't. God was the one that preserved David all those years and was going to continue to preserve him as well. David had been in the habit of inquiring of the Lord, but not this time. This time he decided to think to himself and listen to himself. And look at this key right here that we'll throw up here on the screen. Think your thoughts to the Lord and not just yourself. Here's the first step to praying is stop thinking to yourself and start thinking to God. Think as if God was sitting there right beside you, which he is, by the way, and think your thoughts to him. That's the first step to prayer is just thinking to God instead of thinking in isolation. It's going to keep you out of so much trouble if you will think your thoughts to God. Do you know how close God is to you? He's as close as the whisper of your prayer. He's so close to you, his shadow is overshadowing you. God is not in some distant place, (laughs) in a distant galaxy. He's right here with you. He's with you when you sleep. He's with you when you work. He's with you when you're crying. He's with you when you're struggling. God is with you. And you know what? The devil would like you to believe that you're by yourself, but you're not. He's right here with you. So think your thoughts to him. Now let's read on in verse 2. So David and 600 men that were with him left and went over to uh, um, Achishan. Not good at pronouncing some of these, uh, <laughs> these words here. But he went over to the Philistines. This is where he went to. And he'd already made this mistake once before. Have you ever done this before? You've made a mistake. You backed out of it because you knew it was the wrong thing to do. And then you went back and said, you know what? I must have been wrong. And you go ahead and make the mistake in a worse way. Have you ever done that before? That's exactly what David did. He had made this mistake of going to his enemies in Philistine, in Philistia, expecting uh, protection. And then he backed out of it because he knew he'd made a mistake. And here we find him going in, but going in with 600 men. We read here, he went with their families and their children. And let me tell you something. When you decide to think to yourself and to do your own thing, you take your family with you. You take your loved ones with you. When you decide to fall into depression and stay there, you're taking your family with you. When you decide to go ahead and drink or fall into some sort of addiction, You take your family with you. Don't do it. Make the right decision. Stay the course, even if it's hard. We watched a movie about Ben Carson. Exactly, Ben Carson. And you know what? He grew up with a single mom. He grew up in the slums. He grew up in trouble. And his mom had a tough time. But let me tell you what. She stayed the course And she poured into her sons, and this son became a famous physician. He ran for president, in fact. 
He's impacted thousands, probably millions of people's, of li people's lives. Stay the course. God has a plan for you. Don't give up. God wants to use you, but if you give up, it's hard for him to use somebody who's just given up and rolled over. Don't give up. God has plans for you. But David took his 600 men. He took all of their families. He took his own family. And let me tell you what, whenever you charge ahead and make your own decisions, you're affecting those around you. Don't be so self-absorbed that when you make your mistake, you give up on your whole family. You give up on those that love you. Those that are, that are relying on you. When you make a bad decision, it affects more than just you. So don't be self-centered in that respect. In verse 5, we find that David said to Achish, the king of the, of the Philistines, or that, that part of the Philistines, he said, If I have found favor in your eyes, let a place be assigned for me and for my, my, for, for my people here. Why should your servant live in the royal city with you? Let me ask you a question. Who are you trying to impress? David said, if I found favor in your eyes. This guy was David's arch enemy. This guy was the enemy of Israel, David's land, his, his country. And he says, if I found favor in your eyes, let me ask you, who are you trying to impress? Who are you, whose attention are you trying to gain? So many people, some people are actually still trying to gain the approval of a, of a father, maybe that's even passed away. And they live their lives thinking, I wonder what he thinks of me. I wonder if I'm doing this, if he's proud of me. Stop looking for people's attention and start looking for God's favor. God's attention. He's the one that cares about you. Some people get a divorce and they're still thinking about that person that they were married to and wondering how they can get that person's favor once again. Let me tell you what, don't seek people's favor, seek God's favor. God loves you. He wants to take care of you. He cares about your pains. He cares about what you're going through. So every day, and I'm trying to practice this as I live my life, I'm saying, God, are you pleased with me right now? <laughs> I did this for you, God. Are you pleased? And I want to get your favor. You see, David didn't do that. He was going, as we'll see, he was going off the rails. Is your life going off the rails? We're going to learn how you can get right back on right away. Here's the other thing that David did, though. He, he set up camp in, his, in the midst of his enemies. And that's what happens so often. When you're having a trial, your back's against the wall, you're, you're running for cover, and you may end up in the wrong place. Look for God's cover. Look for God's protection. Don't look for man to take care of your problems. Don't look for people to take care of your problems. God cares about you, and only he can do it. So ask yourself this question. Who am I trying to impress? And I want that question to ring in your ear all week long as you make decisions, as you think thoughts, as you go about your daily business. Ask yourself all week long, who am I trying to impress? You will be surprised that you're on a stage for someone that you've grown so accustomed to trying to please that you're, you're forgetting that you're trying to please them. Seek God's approval. 
In Galatians 1.10, it says, and I'm not going to throw it up here on the screen, but Galatians 1.10, it says, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I'm trying to please people, I would not be a servant of God. <laughs> so you and me, if we're trying to, to please people, we're not serving God. But when we decide we're going to, to try to please him, then we certainly become his servant. And that's what we want to be. So let's read on in verse 6. So on that day, Achish gave him Ziklag. So the king of Philistia gave David this town called Ziklag. And it belonged to the kings of Judah. Ever, it's, it's belonged to them ever since. And David lived in Philistine territory a year and four months. And the lesson that I get from this is when you decide to make your own decisions, you don't inquire of God, you make a rash decision, that bad decision can anchor you there for a long, long time if you let it. If you let it. Your decision... I've seen young people make a decision to marry the wrong person. It was evident that they were marrying the wrong person. And you know what? You can get stuck with that for a lifetime. That's why I counsel. I, I got to counsel. I did my first marriage this last, uh, this last week. And I got to counsel the couple before they got married. And I wanted them to make sure they're marrying the right person. You know, your bad decisions can anchor you in a bad situation for a long time if you let it. But you can back out of those bad decisions. And you can make good on a commitment to follow Jesus. And if you do it, you will, be thank, you will thank your lucky stars the rest of your life because you, you backed out of that bad decision. But David was there for a year and four months. And you know what it takes to get out of a bad, a bad situation? You get sick of it. <laughs> you get fed up with a bad situation. You say, I am going to change this situation. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to get back on the right track again. Your desperation is going to help you get back on the right track again. But you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. When are you going to get a belly full of your bad situation, your bad decisions, and start making the right decisions? You know, to get out of a pit takes one step at a time. So start taking the steps that you need to take to get to the place that you want to be. Let's read on in verse 8. Now David and his men went up and raided all kinds of different people. <laughs> and from ancient times, these people had, uh, had lived. This is very, very important. When you start reading about the geography in the Bible, it means something. But they'd lived in Shur and in Egypt. And Shur is, was close to Egypt. So he would come down from Judah, pick, picture Palestine. He would come down into the Egyptian kind of Sinai Peninsula, and he would raid there. Whenever uh, David attacked this area, he did not leave a man or woman alive but took sheep and cattle, donkeys, uh, camels, and clothing, and then he would return back into to the Philistine area. David had turned into a murderer, a thief. This guy had gone completely off the rails. This is the guy that wrote a lot of psalms in the Bible. This is the guy that worshiped the Lord with all his heart. And this is what happens when you decide to go out on your own. You're going to do things you never even dreamed you'd be willing to do. 
You, you go and, and do um, uh, horrible things, and you know what? It affects your very personality. It's not that just that you're doing it. It becomes who you are. Think about your life. When you've decided to just do it your way and forget God, has not your life gone worse and worse and worse? It just does. The Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard. It's difficult. It's depressing. It's painful. But the way of the righteous is full of light. I'll tell you what. I have more fun with Jesus than I ever did without Jesus. My life is better than it ever was before. Why? Because I started, I decided I'm getting out of this pit and I'm going to do it one step at a time, one right decision at a time, and I'm going to get there. And you know what? You can get there as well. You can get there as well. And so David became, <laughs> David became the person of really his worst nightmares. You hear people saying, you want to become the person of your dreams? He became the person of his own nightmares. Killing, stealing, taking. And so this King Achish, he would ask him, hey, where did you go today, David? See, it ended up with a guy that loved, uh, you know, marauding. He loved raiding. He loved killing. And so Achish would sit down and say, hey, David, where have you been today? What have you been doing? And David would, and I'm going to print, put my own word in here, he lied. He said, I've been out in Judah. I've been out in these other places. They were, they were parts of Judah or, or places that were friendly with Judah. His own countrymen. He lied and he says, I've been going there and raiding. I've been going there and stealing and taking and killing. And that's what happens. You know what? When you start doing whatever you feel like doing, you're going to start lying about it. And you know what the worst kind of lie is? It's when you lie to yourself. And you start believing your own lies. Don't lie to yourself. Be brutally honest with yourself. And come to the truth, the, the reality, the, the, the foundation of wh where am I standing? Am I standing on something that's shaking or am I standing on Jesus that's never going to shake? He's never going to let me down. He's never going to forsake me. He's never going to leave me. So don't lie to yourself as David was. But here, look at this. He did not leave a man or woman alive because he was afraid that they were going to show where he was actually raiding. <laughs> he would love to, his enemy to believe that he was the enemy of his own countrymen, but he wasn't. So David was lying and cheating and doing all kinds of things here. And so here, this had to be David's driest time in his life. And I want to ask you a question. Are you in a dry time in your life where you you're almost numb? Have you ever felt that way? You're so dry, you just feel numb, numb to life. There's not much to smile about, not much to laugh about, not much to enjoy. Do you feel dry? Well, I'm sure David felt incredibly dry in this time. There's no record of hearing of talking to God or, or feeling peace or feeling joy. And you know what? Whenever you feel dry in life, you need to consider where you're at with God. Where you're at with God. You know, we're in a church here so we can freely speak about Jesus and what God does and how much he loves you and how much he wants to help you. And you say, well, Steve, look at what God let happen in my life. My life fell apart and it was God's fault. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. God is not to blame. 
He loves you and he wants to put your life back together. He wants to put your situation back together again. And if you'll let him, he will. So if you're dry inside, consider where you stand with God. When was the last time you had a chit chat with God? (laughs) When was the last time you talked to God? When was the last time you listened to God? When was the last time you came to church? A life-giving church. When was the last time you cracked open your Bible and said, I'm just going to read and just feed my soul? God wants to refresh you. He wants to restore you. He wants to bless you. Well, we read on in Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 29, and I'm not going to throw it up here on the screen because it's too long, but D-Day came. Decision time came. And this Philistine king said, hey, David, come join with me and we're going to go attack Judah. We're going to go attack Israel. We're going to go attack your people. And you know what David did? He went with him. Now, he went at the back of the armies of Philistine, of the Philistine armies. He went behind them and it made the commanders nervous because here was David behind them. And they went to their king and said, Get this guy out from behind us. If we attack his countrymen, he might attack us from behind and then we'll be sandwiched. And so the king of Philistia said, David, I'm sorry, but go back. So David took his men. He went back. And when he got back to Ziklag, Ziklag, his town had been burned. All his wives and children and his men's possessions, everything had been taken away. And there he was left with absolutely nothing. And that's exactly what happens when you leave God. You're going to be left eventually with nothing. Don't compromise with God. And this is what I'm learning right now is, God, it's either all you or it's none of you. I'm not riding the fence anymore. I'm jumping over to the side with God, and I'm running as far away from that fence as I possibly can. I want to get as close to God as I possibly can. And so David, look at this. I'm going to read this to you from 1 Samuel 30. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day, and the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag, and they'd attacked Ziklag Ziklag and burned it. And they'd taken captive all the men and every, uh, all the women and, and everyone that was young and old, but they hadn't killed them, thank goodness. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed with fire and everyone taken captive. And we find here that David, in verse 6, is greatly distressed and his own men were talking about stoning him. And he was bitter in spirit. But look at this. David found strength in the Lord his God. You know what the world tells you to do when you're at the end of your rope? is dig down deep and you will find something inside of you. But you know what? A lot of times you dig down deep and you don't find anything inside of you. You're empty. And that's when you find your strength in the Lord. And all of this, if you go to the next slide, all of this was a wake-up call for David. God wasn't punishing David. God wasn't trying to take David out. It was a wake-up call for David. And I'll tell you, the tough time that you're going through right now It's a wake-up call for you. God's trying to wake you up and say, you know what, let's get back on the right path again. You say, well, I've been walking on the path pretty much. God wants you on the path all the time, every day, all day long, 24-7 on God's path. 
So whatever you've been going through, it's a wake-up call. God isn't trying to punish you. He's not trying to make you miserable. He's just trying to wake you up. And that's exactly what David needed. And I'm not going to go into a lot of details in the next story. It will it'll be in your readings for this week. You can read it for yourself. But you will find that David went and he recovered everything that had been taken from him, he and his men. All the possessions, all their wives, all their children got everything back. And here's the lesson I get from this is God was graceful to David, even though David had gone off the rails. You know, the quickest path back to God from where you're at, you may have made a spaghetti mess of your life. But the quickest way back to God is not to undo all the spaghetti mess. It's a beeline back to God. God is right there. You can go straight to God and he can help you start fixing your life and putting it back together again. And if your life's not a mess, just your situation, he can start helping you put your situation back together again. You can have a wonderful life, my friend. You can have a wonderful life. God wants you to have a wonderful life. Are you going to have problems in your life? Absolutely. But God wants to help you with every single one of your problems. So what, here's what we see with David is God uh, restored him. God helped him. God blessed him. And ultimately, God delivered him from his enemy, Saul, who just weeks or months later died. And David finally didn't have to run anymore. But he wasted a year and four months of his life doing something that he didn't need to. It was unnecessary. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, Lord, for this, this example of David who had his back against the wall. He was stressed out. He was running for his life. But we see lesson after lesson that we can use for our situations in our lives and say, God, help me to make the right decisions. Don't help me to make a rash decision. Don't, don't let me dig a hole for myself and fall into my own pit here. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Help me to know what to do. And God, above all things, let me talk to you and inquire of you before I make bad decisions and make my life even worse than it is right now. Make my situation even worse than it is right now. Lord, we're talking to you right now. This is not, I'm not talking to space. I'm talking to God Almighty, whose son is Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm talking to you and you hear us right now. Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and rescued from their situation. That's what the Bible tells us. Anyone, anyone. It could be someone who's not even serving the Lord. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved will be rescued. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for, for your, the, the Word of God, the Bible that instructs us, that helps us, that encourages and gives us hope, Lord Jesus. Amen.